beloved congregation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, do you support mission, evangelism, and outreach? While we <clears throat> certainly do financially and prayerfully, do we also see that a missional church needs people who are actually involved? If it's difficult for the Home Mission Committee to find volunteers for the many opportunities that are available, it is an indication that we may have to grow in our understanding of what it means to be a light to our community. If only a very tiny percentage, a very tiny group of people shows up for foreign mission presentation evenings, even if it's just to show a little support to those who have dedicated their lives to go to other places to proclaim the gospel, it's another indication that there is room for ongoing growth. If your colleagues at work don't know what the life of a sincere Christian looks like, it is an indication that you may need to ask God for forgiveness against sin against the third commandment and urgently pray the first petition of the Lord's Prayer. The question this afternoon is, do we still desire what our Lord Jesus desired when he taught us to pray, hallowed be God's name? Our prayer that God's name be hallowed is a prayer for growth in our own hearts and lives. And today we will see that our ability to share our faith is closely related to our understanding of Christ Jesus' work in our own lives. We have been changed by God's grace and His Spirit within us prepares us to share our faith, not just by giving us the words to say in difficult times like you read about in Luke 12, verses 11 to 12, but by continuing to sanctify our very lives. You see, when outreach and mission stops just being something we do and starts being something that we are, then the message of the church will grow brighter. The gospel message that I proclaim to you today is that Christ Jesus has given us the privilege of bearing the name of God so that we also may have the privilege of proclaiming his name to our neighbors in all the world. This is what we pray for in the first petition. And I preach you the gospel of Jesus Christ under this theme, Christ's spirit within us makes us eager to hallow God's name. And we pray, thankful that we may know God's holy name, thankful that we may be called by God's holy name. In the third place, that we may, we're thankful that we may glorify God's holy name. When we think about the calling to share our faith, you'll notice that's the theme for the office bearers and the visits in your homes sharing our faith and we think what does that look like and we've read Luke 12 we realize that the first question that needs to be asked 
is what does our own faith look like? What is our theology? What do we believe about God's holy name so that we want to share it with the world? And we confess the importance of this very clearly when we explain that in our desire to hallow God's holy name, we first want to rightly know God and sanctify, glorify, and praise him in all his works in which shine forth his almighty power, wisdom, goodness, righteousness, mercy, and truth. What a beautiful confession of our desire. And when our Lord Jesus taught us to pray, he taught us, first of all, to ask that we might know the Lord. And it's clear from our confession that we understand that this knowing the Lord means a lot more than just knowing that there is a God or that there is a divine being somewhere. In fact, most of the world believes that. It's more than just accepting some general facts about God. In our prayer to hallow God's name, we are not just asking and talking about our desire to know about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, but we are expressing our desire to experience the reality of his work in our lives. We want to know him not just objectively, in order to evaluate or analyze or judge him, but also subjectively so that we might grow in him. We want to know to grow. And when we look at Jesus' words to his disciples in Luke 12, we can see many things that the Lord reveals about his name, what we believe when we pray to him. And so we pray O Lord, help us to know you as the Almighty One who gives and takes life but also has authority and power to cast into hell. Luke 12, verse 5. Give us an understanding of your sovereign holiness so that we live in reverent fear before you. You see that the knowledge has a consequence for how we live our lives. Help us, we pray, to know the depths of your wisdom, to trust in your righteous judgments so that we do not fear your enemies who seek to judge and condemn us and even kill our bodies, like we see in verse 4 and verse 11. Lord, we pray, help your children to believe in your goodness and your mercy so that they are comforted to know that you know every bird on the hill. You have counted every hair on the heads of the seven billion people in the world, and you value the lives of your children even more than many sparrows. Help us to know you as that God, and filled with the knowledge of God From his word, we thank the Lord that we may know that he created us and he placed us here on the earth in order to be rich toward God, rich toward our neighbor, 
not to waste our lives only focused on building up our own treasures. That's that parable that the Lord Jesus told in Luke 12, verses 13 to 21. And when we pray, hallowed be your name, we express our eagerness to understand God's promise to be our heavenly Father, to provide us with all that we need, as he describes it in verses 22 to 31. We pray, hallowed be your name, because we know that God's name is great. And when we read Luke 12 and we see who our our Lord is, we we have the eager desire that that everyone may know. We we recognize that this is life-changing revelation. If you know this, you will see it in your life. And we want to deepen our knowledge and our experience done for us in all his works in which shine forth all those beautiful attributes. And as we pray, we know that the Holy Spirit, the Lord, answers our prayer. The Holy Spirit answers our prayer that his name be hallowed by giving believers the very word of God. The word of God, which is the only authoritative and sufficient source of information about all that we need to know about God, about the will of God, about our salvation. We say, Lord, we want to know you, and the Lord gives us his word. And it's a great privilege to be able to have the Bible in our own hands, in our own language, and in such an abundance that there are extra Bibles lying around in the church building this afternoon. And when we pray, hallowed be your name, we understand that privilege, but we also are thinking of the believers in our family all over the world who do not have this same access. And so it is a prayer that also our brothers and sisters may have this word of God in their hand. It is a prayer that the Lord will provide faithful missionaries, faithful translators of the Bible, faithful webmasters who are working hard to make this word, the name of God, available in all the languages of the world. Lord, we pray, grant that we and all your creatures may rightly know you so that your creatures may have the same life-changing perspective on their work and their relationships and their worship. And as our risen and ascended Lord Jesus Christ is gathering his church together, God also answers our request that his name be hallowed by giving us the opportunity to meet with our covenant God in weekly public worship services. This is another amazing privilege that we have, especially in North America, that we may know maybe since infancy. And through this worship service, we are led by the Spirit to do what? It's an answer to our prayer, to know, to sanctify, to praise, to glorify the name of our God in all his works. 
And for this reason, all who, who are desiring what they are praying, hallowed be your name. Those who desire this will also follow the Spirit as he answers that very desire, that very prayer. And as he gives us the privilege of worshiping him in two worship services every Sunday. Do you realize, brothers and sisters, do we realize what a privilege it is to know the name of God? Do you see how the regular study of God's word and the regular worship of our eternal king distinguishes Christians from the rest of the world? That's already evident in Genesis 4 where the seed of the serpent is distinguished from the seed of the promise when Seth is called, at the time of Seth, they began to call on the name of the Lord. The mark of the children of God is that they embrace the opportunity to worship the Lord. They want to hallow God's name. They want to know him, praise him, glorify and sanctify him. Because those who have the privilege of knowing the name of the Lord also are shaped by the Lord in the way that they think and what they do, who they are. And they're also then given the privilege of being called by God's name. Those who know the holy name of God in such a way that they now want to sanctify glorify and praise this name are as a result then sanctified, set apart from the world. In Luke 12, verse 31, with the word instead, our Lord Jesus makes a contrast between the world who runs after earthly treasures and comforts and Christians who trust in God who has become their father in Jesus Christ. And those who live the different instead life, they are small. They are distinguished from the world like a little flock, says our Lord Jesus. And yet at the same time, that little flock has the wonderful promise of being the ones who have the kingdom of God. And when we place this promise of Jesus Christ to his disciples, in the context of Luke 12, in the context of Jesus' words to his Pharisees, we can see that the privilege of being called by God's holy name is only given to those who obey Jesus Christ as their master and savior. That's why he's explaining that, and he explains that in verses 41 to 53. Peter said, are you telling this parable for us or for all? And the Lord said, and then he explained, I'm explaining it to those who recognize me as their master. You are the little flock. The Pharisees were leaders of the church in that time. Think about the words of our Lord Jesus, understanding that. The Pharisees were leaders of the church in that time. They thought that they, that through their theological explanations an outward show of piety, they were reflecting God's name to the people. But they did not believe that Jesus Christ was the promised Son of Man. See that in verse 10. 
And so our Lord Jesus warned all the people around. And you know, there were thousands there. He warned the disciples. He said, of, watch out for the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. And he warned them so that they would not get their idea about what God was like from the teaching and the lives of the Pharisees. The Lord Jesus was saying, they do not have the privilege of bearing my name. Watch out for them. Beware of them. Beware of their hypocrisy. Because they reject the Son of Man, and so they are blaspheming against the Spirit. And then we see the condition that the Lord Jesus gives who can bear his name and, and who cannot. And, and it's very clear from our passage that only those who love the Lord Jesus more than they love the approval of other people, or even more than they love their own bodies and preserving their life. Those are the ones who are worthy of being called by God's holy name. In Acts 11, verse 26, we read that the disciples of Jesus Christ were first called Christians, in Antioch, you can see the name Christ in Christian. They were called Christians. And so they were identified as a group that was separate from the world because they were following Jesus Christ. They had the privilege of bearing the name Christ. And as a result, that name Christian was often a slur that expressed a person's hatred, and it brought a lot of suffering to the Christians. And then if we look to 1 Peter 4, verse 16, the Holy Spirit points to that suffering, and he says, that's not a, that's not a negative thing. That's a privilege that you have because you're following Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 4, verse 16 says, however, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. Praise God that you bear the name Christian. Praise God because it means a lot more for your life than just a guarantee that you will face much opposition and suffering in your lives. Luke 12, verse 8, says that whoever acknowledges Jesus Christ before men, whoever is known as a Christian, will be acknowledged by Jesus Christ before the angels of God. Our Lord Jesus was on the earth at that time, and he was pointing forward to his ascension. He was pointing forward to the day that he would represent the church his body before the Father in heaven. The gospel behind the first petition of the Lord's Prayer is that when the name of Jesus Christ is rightfully upon our heads because we are his disciples, then Jesus Christ himself, the Son of God, he identifies with us. He identifies himself with us. We are in him, and he is in us. People can actually 
learn about the Lord Jesus Christ by observing how we Christians have been influenced by our faith in him. We actually have kindness and patience that reflects his kindness and his patience. Christ Jesus' word and deed ministry is reflected in the church's preaching and social aid projects. Christ has obtained the right for us to be called children of God. And it is our desire not only to receive his holy name with thankfulness, but also to reflect his holy name in all the earth. We pray thankful that we may glorify God's holy name. As children of our Heavenly Father in Jesus Christ, we have the privilege of knowing the name of God, seeing the life-changing effects of the power of God, and also we have the privilege of being called by God's name, and now we have the privilege of sharing his name. We take hold of this blessing, this privilege, when we pray, and I'll quote the beautiful words of the confession, your confession, grant us also, we pray, that we may so direct our whole life, our thoughts, words, and actions, that your name is not blasphemed because of us, but always honored and praised. Since we are called by God's holy name, we become representatives of that name on earth. We become image bearers who have the Holy Spirit renewing their hearts. Hallowing the name of God is not only something we do with our lips and our words, but our whole life becomes a screen or a mirror on which the works of God shine forth back out into the world. And we see then why our Lord Jesus did not want to associate his name with hypocrites that said one thing and lived another way, hypocrites who denied Jesus Christ, and why he urges his disciples to acknowledge him before men. Our prayer in the first petition, is that all that we know about the name of God may be evident in our lives in very visible ways. If the character, it's a question to think about, if the character of the triune God could only be known by studying your life, what would people learn about the Lord. How does your character testify to the work of God in your heart and in your mind? Would the person observing your life conclude that God makes a person humble, and strong, and patient, gentle, kind, and respectful, or that faith in God makes a person proud and belligerent, cowardly, dishonest, and unpleasant to be around. And when we pray, 
hallowed be your name. We pray that we may be the nice person who is respected by all, like Job talks about when he describes his righteousness. We pray that our very character may announce the gospel of Jesus Christ even before we speak a single word. We pray that the Holy Spirit may more and more sanctify our hearts, our very desires, and our minds, that God might be praised and honored because of us, and that if we ever suffer or are persecuted, we may do so as a Christian and not as a criminal who does not reflect the fruit of the Holy Spirit. You can see how well First Peter works beside Luke 12. And so how does the Holy Spirit lead us in a way that glorifies God's holy name? Luke 12 shows us that those who know the name of the Lord are not afraid to acknowledge that they are Christians before men. The question would be, do your colleagues and acquaintances know that you are a Christian? And if they do, what do they think about Christianity as a result of knowing you? And when people are surprised, and I'm quoting from 1 Peter 4, when people are surprised that you don't join with them in their drunkenness and their drinking parties and they even malign you for this, do you tell them that no one has forced this self-control upon you, but that it is God's Spirit within you that makes you want to be holy, even as he called the one who called you is holy? And then the Holy Spirit holds the parable of the rich fool. That's Luke 12, verse 13 to 21. Holds it before our eyes that we might bear witness to the holy name of God when we do our work. When we pray that God's name might be hallowed by others when they see our lives, we are praying that we might work hard and faithfully at our task for the benefit and well-being of others, and not just for ourselves. Our desire to be rich toward God and his kingdom in this way shows the world what our God is like, how he gives us a different perspective. When we live with that eternal perspective that is revealed to us in Ecclesiastes, the world will know by our words by our attitudes toward work, by our focus on healthy relationships with our co-workers, by our sincere desire to use our gifts for the glory of God, they will know that we believe that our treasure is in heaven. The Lord's name will be honored and praised rather than blasphemed because of us. That our master, we believe that our master is coming back at any moment. That's also what we read. And you can see the Lord Jesus talked about that in verses 35 all the way to, to 48. We understand that we have been entrusted with much. And so we pray 
Hallowed be your name, Lord. Give us a calm and trusting spirit so that the world may know that you are a God who provides for those who seek first your kingdom and your righteousness. Lord, we pray let people see that we Christians are not envious or desperate or anxious about material goods so that those around us might praise the holy name that you have placed upon our heads. And then, brothers and sisters, you can see this is just touching on the surface. Thankfully, you have a, a year of family visits and reflection on the theme of sharing your faith and hallowing the, the name of the Lord. But even now, you can see how many opportunities you have in your home, in your work, and even in this church building and in this congregation to hallow God's name. If we want to be a missional church, we need to start by asking the Spirit to lead us as Christians every moment of our lives and in all our interactions with people around us. Every person who knows us or meets us, whether they work beside us every day or whether they just happen to meet us in the grocery store. They will form an opinion of what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ by what they see in our lives and, and feeling the weight of that responsibility. We pray, out, we pray to the Lord, O oh Lord, hallowed be your name. May I know, may I praise your name. May I sanctify and glorify your name. You see how you blaspheme the name of God when you behave in an unkind, uncontrolled, or ungracious manner to other members in the church, or to your family, or to your colleagues at work? Do you see how unsalty and useless you are to those around you if you look just like them in the music? that you listen to, in your attitudes about work, in the activities that you choose to do? Do you see how important it is to pray every day that the name of the Lord be hallowed by the way that we live our lives? Oh, how powerfully we need the Holy Spirit in our lives, guiding us by the, the true revelation of God in His Son, Jesus Christ. Oh, Lord, help us to continually grow, study, and worship so that we may be useful instruments in your hand to shine your name in the darkness. And it is when we have this confidence and this joy kindled and alive in our hearts that we may also begin the to feel the desire to do more than just be a screen or just a mirror that displays the amazing work of God, but we want to actively explain why we do the things we do. We are thankful for those who are led by the Spirit to come into our churches on their own, 
And we want to receive them very graciously. And if you are someone who's come to visit our congregation this afternoon, welcome. And we hope you feel welcome in our midst as you have also already heard. But we know that there are more, millions, of those who do not know the name of our God. And our hearts are filled with compassion and with urgency. And so we want to be a missional church as we go out from this place into, into all the world. A church that sanctifies and praises God's name in our worship. Oh Lord, we pray, hallowed be your name. May your name go out to all the earth through us. Amen.